Good morning, everybody that's listening to In Transit Podcast, brought to you by myself, actually. I've decided to start this podcast for logistics, trucking, transportation, freight brokers, and freight world, and distribution world, and supply chain world of North America, and potentially the world as well. The reason I've done this is because I think it is vital to get statistics, to get good data, to get good opinions. No opinion is a bad opinion in my fact. Um, So yeah, I want to see how this will work out. Uh, The first episode is going to be more of a more of a all over the place kind of episode because I want to keep this as organic as possible. I don't want to do um, something that's going to bore someone to death in terms of uh, monotone and thinking about just one topic throughout you know the whole entire podcast. So it's going to be a lot of jumping around. So if you want to stay on board and listen, great. Um, if you want to, you know, maybe just take in the first five minutes and see if this is something for you, that's also great. It's not a problem whatsoever. Uh, my goal with this would be just to share my experiences, uh, to share my failures, to share my success uh, stories in logistics and um, hopefully influence people that want to become freight brokers or want to get into the trucking industry to do so the right way. And um, I think this will benefit people who want to go down that route and want to be someone that uh, want to be uh, someone that that actually is uh, willing to be in this industry as a long term career and not just a gig or a side hustle. Because let me tell you something, logistics as a side hustle, I don't think it's a very good idea. Because this is definitely not um, something that you can just do on a Saturday and uh, get some extra income. It definitely doesn't work that way. Uh, This is a completely different um, dynamic in terms of what you do, how you do it, where you do it, when you do it, than any other job you've had in your past. Uh, The reason I say this is because this is not a 9 to 5 job. Um, you know, whether you're in trucking or you're in uh, the freight brokering or the third party logistics, logistics service provider side of things, it is not a nine to five jobs job. Uh, you will have customers that reach out to you at 6 p.m. You'll have customers that reach out to you at 2 a.m. You will have customers that reach out to you at 11 p.m. So make sure that you are staffed appropriately and make sure you're ready to take on the challenges that come along with it. These are not cons. This is simply a different way of life that you would live. And um, time management is a big factor. Again, um, if you set your schedule properly, and I'll share my schedule as I go along in these podcasts, um, you know, when I wake up, how I go about my day, uh, what I do to potentially... um, maximize the amount of time I spent being productive and how I've managed to not be uh, hesitant in starting things I want to start within the logistics industry. For example, um, putting the freight brokerage stuff aside, 
putting the trucking side, uh, trucking stuff aside, just the actual daily grind and wanting to influence people, educate people, mentor people, and lead people down the right path in terms of wanting to become a logistics professional. I have just kind of, I opened up the logistics consulting business because I have really wanted to educate people so they come in prepared. They know what to expect. They know how to react. They know how to act and be proactive on issues that come up. Uh, They are well educated after taking the consulting in terms of what the different equipment types are in the industry, uh, what the different terminology is in the industry, what the different type types of modes of transportation are in the industry, how to properly run your business, how to operate uh, from an operations perspective successfully and efficiently, uh, how to provide the best customer service for your shippers that you service, how to talk to shippers, how to do the sales side of things with shippers, how to organically reach people on different social media websites or platforms, excuse me. And so that's my why for opening up the logistics uh, consulting business um, in addition to this podcast. Now, the logistics consulting side of things, people say, well, why would you do that? You know, why, why would you give away secrets? Why, why, would, why would you share your knowledge? Why don't you just use it to benefit yourself? Sir or ma'am, that is not how I operate. That is not how I live my life. I will never live my life that way. Yes, has it burnt me in the past? 100% accurate. It has burnt me in the past for being selfless, for being altruistic in a a sense, uh, for being helpful, for being kind, for being humble. Yes, it has. But that does not mean that I'm going to stop doing it. Because if we have that mentality, we're never going to grow as a civilization. We are never going to get out of these bubbles we've created in our society. And I think it is the wrong way to approach things. So my why again, why do you do it? Well, guess what? If I educate the next freight broker down the line or potentially consult with a trucking company that or or a business uh, investor or someone that wants to get into trucking and I and I consult them appropriately and give them the tools that they need to succeed in the industry that only helps our entire industry oh Nerfad how does that help our entire industry you're just uh, giving away information for free you're ruining people's um, livelihoods because there's all these consultants that are offering their their services for $500 an hour. Listen, if I'm going to educate someone for an affordable price, I'd much rather educate them for an affordable price than have them look at a price of $500 an hour and say, yikes, I'm turned off. I don't want to educate myself. I'm just going to go on the fly into this industry. Well, guess what happens then when they get into this industry on the fly? Think about it. They go to a shipper as a freight broker or a trucking company, no matter. It doesn't matter what category you fall into. And they go to the shipping manager, logistics manager, traffic manager, supply chain director, director of logistics, director of transportation, uh, inventory manager per se, potentially. They go and they talk, you know, this is us. We're A, B, and C. We do A, B, and C. We can give you A, B, and C. Uh, What are your problems? 
Can you please give us A, B, and C problems? Uh, we can resolve A, B, and C. Okay? They do all of this, but they don't have the tools. They don't have the education. They don't have the technology. They don't have the background. They don't have the experience to give these services that they are promising to these customers. Well, guess what, that, what happens then? The failure rate goes up tenfold. And when the failure rate goes up tenfold, relationships cease to exist. They're broken, they're, they're eliminated, they don't work. And so they start having these meetings, these sit downs with these decision makers in these companies and, and they tell them, listen, this is your first strike, you know, let's, let's fix this. Or potentially even no strikes at all and they just quit the relationship right then and there. So what happens to, to the rest of us when this happens, okay? So that was Bob. Bob went into a shipper and all of that happened. Now, now Bob has lost his opportunity with that shipper because he screwed up. He did something that he was not supposed to do, um, probably related to lying uh, in terms of the ability to do something, okay? Or, or lying about in transit, <clears throat> no pun intended because my podcast called in transit. Um, or he's lying about delivery or something. Something's going on where there's no integrity, there's no honesty, there's no ethics involved in the transaction. They just want the money and that's it, that's it. They don't, they don't care about the customer, they don't care about the shipper, they don't care about building the relationship. And so what happens is, okay, Nurfad goes in now, so Nurfad is broker B, okay? He goes into the shipper and he says, hey, you know, this is what I offer, this is who I am, what are you struggling with? Uh, what lanes are you struggling with? Um, what are your current providers doing that, that is well for your KPIs? Um, what is your current providers doing that is not so well? Um, how can I help you make your supply chain better? Better yet, why don't you give me uh, all of your information so I can see how I can better efficiently move your freight? Okay, I go in there and I say that, for example, I'm just using that as an example. Guess what that shipper is going to say? A, they're going to be hesitant to even want to work with me because of Bob, because Bob was a freight broker and he screwed that relationship up. Or B, they're going to just tell me to take a hike no matter what. They're going to say, you know what, you're a freight broker. We've changed our model. We're only going to work with asset based trucking companies period no brokers no uh, companies with broker authorities just straight up common carriers okay motor carriers well that's exactly why i'm doing the logistics consulting part of it i want you to be successful i want you to go into a shipper and build a relationship and get business that way because if you do that it makes me look good it makes the entire industry look good, okay? This industry is huge. We're talking trillion plus. North America, three, four trillion dollar industry, okay? So this pie is massive. This is one of the biggest pies you'll ever eat in your life if you do it properly. So don't tell me it's not possible and don't tell me not to share my knowledge because this knowledge is just experience, okay? We can define it or label it, excuse me, as knowledge but it is just in itself experience, okay? So, so the reason I go down this whole um, logical step towards sessions and providing people with this opportunity to learn for affordable rates about the industry, 
okay that's why it is not about it is not about um, uh, self uh, self pride or anything like that because this takes time guys okay and girls this takes a lot of time this takes a lot of time management to be able to do a blog to be able to do YouTube videos to be able to give sessions to be able to do podcasts this takes a lot of time from my daily routine so that's why I think that it is important to share this information with people because if I'm investing time into it, it means I think it's valuable because otherwise, what am I doing? It, it makes no sense. So there you have it. That's my why for both uh, logistics side of the consulting business and then also this podcast that I want to start. Um, eventually, I will have guests if this thing takes off. If it doesn't take off, then so be it. If I influence one or two people to go about it the right way, I've done a good thing for the industry, okay? That's that's it. That's it's it's that simple, you know. I'm not I'm not looking to to become a billionaire from this or or get a 100 million dollar Spotify deal. I'm I'm looking I'm looking to simply uh share what I've gone through in the industry and um with the tools at our disposal and technology at our disposal, why not? Would be my question to to all of you. Now I want to get into something just quickly. This this uh, this first episode, I want to talk about just a few different things in the news and whatnot. Uh, first thing, just quickly to mention, would be the rates. I mean, again, uh, capacity is tight in a lot of different markets. Um, with with this uh, ongoing, you know, yes, no, two million dollar, um, you know, the, the the two million dollars in in insurance to be increased for for carriers from 750,000 to 2 million. Um, you know, how that's gonna change the landscape, what's gonna happen there. I guess we'll wait and see. I really, I really don't, we, we don't know until, until uh, it, all, it all kind of unfolds. I mean, if it passes and, and it becomes for sure 700% law, then we can talk about it then, we can talk about what's gonna happen then, how it's gonna um, affect us, but it, it will affect us in, in a, in a very drastic way if um, if it goes through so we'll, we'll leave it at that in terms of what happens there um, some other things that are influencing the rate would would uh, probably be um, all this unrest that's happening in the states again I'll leave the unrest for for a discussion at another time but um, because it's more you know political related um, but uh, it's it's probably going to affect freight rates inbound outbound certain markets um, the first one that comes to mind would be Seattle, um, again, because of all the things, things that have been happening there, um, particularly. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it all works out after kind of everything calms down. Will it calm down? Again, that's another question we can ask, but we'll, uh, we'll see as, as the things go. Um, also, um, I feel that uh, I, I've seen some people post on uh, on different uh, social media, and I'll, it'll go unnamed. I'm not gonna name names and bash people, but um, there's people out there that are saying, you know, it's time to price gouge brokers now, okay? Because freight brokers um, were restricting rates earlier in the year. Um, you know, they were going into a shipper. I, I see, I've seen it locally here, okay? 
they go into a shipper and they say, you know, capacity is tight. We're going to do, uh, you know, instead of 600 on this lane, we're going to do 700 as an example, okay? Then they go to their carrier network and say, you know, um, because of everything that's going on, um, the shippers that are, are open are actually restricting rates on us. And we're going to be offering this rate now because the customer is offering this rate of, you know, 250 or 300 on a 700, $700 actual load. So they're, they're, they're keeping, you know, uh, more than 50% of the actual margin, uh, the profit margin. And they're, they're, they're simply um, making it difficult for carriers to exist. They're, they're making it difficult for brokers and carriers to coexist or were making it difficult, not all brokers, okay? There's there's a percentage that were, and the percentage was too high. That's my point with it. It was the percentage of brokers that were doing it was too high. That's my, that's my whole point with that. And um, I just looked at it and I said, you know, this is, this is nuts, man. Like as a trucking company, uh, luckily we had a dedicated, dedicated freight that we were doing um, before the coronavirus kind of close the border between Canada and US and uh, and change the landscape in terms of uh, how freight moves because certain manufacturing sectors were just completely shuttered for now. Um, even in Ontario here, we're actually uh, entering uh, stage three in terms of like as a, as a province, as a whole, um, tomorrow. We're, we're, that's when we're entering. So we'll see what, what happens then. But um, there's a lot of factors involved and um, I, I just simply, you know, shook my head at, at the rates that were happening on, on different load boards. And um, even you know, <clears throat> partner brokers that were reaching out to me um, as a trucking company. And they were saying like, uh, you know, this lane is now, you know, instead of 700 is, uh, you know, 400. Or instead of, you know, 1500, we're, we're actually going to be offering you know, $900 on this lane and things like that uh, make it very difficult as a trucking company to run the business because of the operating costs and because of everything else that goes on in in, uh, in trucking um, in terms of the regulation and compliance side of things, the insurance. Um, even before this whole talk about insurance being increased, we actually had an increase in Canada. Some companies saw increases of 30% to their insurance policy. Um, a commercial insurance policy as, as a trucking company so we've we've been hit hard on all fronts we're just simply trying to make it through this turbulent time in a in an efficient manner properly so that that way we don't have to when this is all said and done file for bank bankruptcy now uh you know the the companies that have filed for bankruptcy have cited insurance and uh volatility in the market in terms of the rates being too low at that time or even in 2019 all those carriers that went bankrupt um so looking from that perspective uh too much like uh, it's just uh too much uh to handle all at once um trying to explain and educate to, to new brokers why we would need 245 to run a lane or why we would need why we would need why wouldn't we would need the two dollars and 25 cents to run a load 
or why that four dollars a mile is four dollars a mile and what what that means what is included in that four dollars a mile that's 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 why we we have tried to educate the brokers that we're offering such low prices knowingly well through through investigations and research and talking with shippers directly knowing very well that those lanes were actually going for regular prices at that time okay and um so then the tables turned okay so freight rates as of july july 16th freight rates turned because I, again i saw on social media people rubbing uh rubbing their hands together with like you know the whole emo icon the rubbing of the hands and stuff and saying uh you know it's time you know it's time to to, to gouge brokers hey by all means if, if you think that's best business practice and that's ethical you do what you do for your business okay but gouging isn't going to get us anywhere as an industry absolutely not it is not gonna it's not it's not gonna help you in the long run it's not gonna help me in the long run long run it's not gonna help me as a trucking company and as sure as hell would never ever help me as a broker okay i can make a hundred dollars as an example just a just a simple example okay i can make a hundred dollars extra on a lane or two hundred dollars extra on a lane okay and because i'm being greedy for example and then uh another carrier comes in and does business the right way looks at their operating costs looks at a fair fair market value where they can be and they offer to the to the broker or shipper a fair rate well guess what happens to me bye bye i'm done i've ruined the relationship because i got greedy because i wanted 200 dollars extra for the time being that 200 dollars is not going to do anything for me absolutely nothing okay will it add up maybe for the month that i run and add it'll add up what happens next month when another carrier comes in and takes that load instead of having a fair market value for that load so these these are these are things that are uh, you know going on in our industry that our freight rates are, are a big deal right now um as a broker I've, i'm seeing rates that are in from certain areas horrendous you know very very high very difficult and very hard to justify on the other side of the uh, of the of the scale the capacity as well in in certain areas is very tight because of as i mentioned that the protests and whatever else is going on in terms of companies deciding whether they're going to do the whole insurance thing or not so we'll, we'll, you know in terms of renewing their insurance or you know staying in business what's going to happen um it depends again if this gets 100% approved and, and ready to go in, in our in our industry another thing I wanted to just mention was uh, you know people are, are saying you know uh, you know blitz and you know all this stuff you know they're, they're gonna do the blitz the, the they're you know the operation safe driver week and all that stuff and um, I'm gonna just stay stay at home, or you know, capacity's tight because we're just gonna stay at home now and all this stuff. Well, the re the reason they're doing this blitz now, <clears throat> I'm just being honest with you. I mean, they're doing this because they they did an analysis throughout the entirety of North America, and they chose speed as the focus area for for this year's Operation Safe Driver Week. Um, there's been an alarming trend for increased speeding on roadways 
during the pandemic. And um, that's really why um, they selected the focus area to be speeding. I mean, if you look at it uh, from a statistics uh, perspective, like in Colorado, Indiana, Nebraska, Utah, I mean, they were they were they were clocking highway speeds of more than a hundred miles per hour. Um, again, unsafe driving. Um, Chicago and Los Angeles, they went they went from travel speed increases of you know like thirty eight percent above the average seventy. Um, 74 to 75% above average in just one week. And, um, you know, California, again, you know, they, they reported an increase in speeding violations. Um, even though they're like the highway patrols calls, the volumes decreased, um, the crashes they, they were responding to were, were worse than, than before. Um, in Washington, D.C., uh, traffic did decrease 80% in March compared to January, but uh, while officials like recorded a 20% increase in March speeding tickets, um, that tells you something, right? I mean, to, to go from you know 80% decrease traffic to, to a 20% increase in speeding, um, and out of those tickets, uh, violations for driving 21 or 25 miles over the speed limit rose by 40%. Um, again, another another. If we look at Canada, Toronto, Canada, Toronto, Ontario, the police charged over you know eighteen drivers with uh, stunt driving. You know speeds of uh, one hundred and six miles per hour on the Don Valley Parkway, which is a big uh, freeway up here. And in, uh, in I mean, I'm not in the GTA, but I know of it. So the Don Valley Parkway is a, is a big uh, highway in. Uh, in Toronto area and it's limited at 55 miles per hour but but uh, you know drivers were caught going 106 miles per hour so so that's why really they did and like uh, the president uh, the president of the CVSA Sergeant John Samus from the Delaware State Police said it's essential that this enforcement initiative which focuses on identifying and deterring unsafe driver driving behaviors such as speeding go on a scheduled go on as scheduled <clears throat> and i'm all for it you know I, I i'm if if this helps keep unsafe drivers off the road by all means i mean man i got kids i gotta worry about when they're in the car like i am alert 700 percent when kids are in the car um it's just a different a different perspective you have when when that goes on um another thing in the news they're talking about is uh the declining uh consumption and overproduction um so so just uh you know overproduction that suppressed prices so decreased demand has plummeted the price of oil really and um for for uh, shippers and carriers the decreased price of diesel um is good i mean prices are lower it's good in terms of fuel but just from my experience in the last few cycles of our economies the ups and downs um when the fuel prices are, are great, well, guess what? Profit is actually great too. Um, I'd much rather be in an economy where, where the fuel prices are, are higher than, than lower because everything else goes down too then. You know, the, the rates of the rates for, you know, rate per mile, um, the fuel surcharges, everything kind of uh, is, is just a different, uh, it's a different ball game when, when things are uh, where they are right now in terms of uh, 
what's happening. Um, another thing we, we got to think about, again, as I just said about the rates, volumes do remain high following the holiday weekends. So by holiday weekends, I mean, um, again, J July 1st in Canada and the 4th of July, or, or as we say, July 4th, um, the 4th of July in the USA. So just just looking at that, I mean, you know, the the load volumes are at the absolute levels and momentum positives for carriers. Um, Freight waves did talk about the whole outbound tender voluming index, showing how um, um, it it's it's a it shows a, as a seven day moving average to smooth out intraday volatility, and. Um, with with the different national holiday and uh, in Canada and the U.S. respectively that happened, and um, you know many of the drivers get off uh, the road and shippers shut down. You know the the OTV OTVI or the outbound tender volume index does decline quickly, and stays depressed for seven days, and um, just just looking looking at at everything that's happening, um, we're gonna have to just. Um, <clears throat> wait for this to kind of pass and um as a freight broker hope hope hopefully we can we can uh, mend the relationships with the different carriers and um be provided better prices something that's reasonable i mean i just don't see how it's justifiable for me to to run a load from uh, texas to uh, massachusetts for you know thirteen thousand dollars as i've received some rates from carriers um or you know Laredo to Laredo to Massachusetts for like uh, you know uh, eighty five hundred dollar single or or ninety seven hundred dollar for a team. It's just it's hard for me on my end to to show show any kind of uh, justifiability for that. So those are some things that I wanted to just share with you. Um, also, you've probably heard of the whole uh, you know PPP um so that that's uh, uh from from a trucking perspective they're saying the carriers benefited uh 12 billion dollars from the ppp and um the top recipients in terms of the total the total amount of loans that were given out um uh, California received a hundred and just under a hundred and eighty-one uh, million dollars. Um, Texas received uh, two hundred and nineteen million dollars. Um, like not the state, but carriers within these states received received these amounts. Uh, Illinois was a hundred and sixty-four million. Georgia a hundred one million. Florida a hundred fifty-one million. Um, Pennsylvania 76 million, Wisconsin 63 million, New York uh, State 86 million, almost 87, New Jersey 66 million, and uh, Missouri 60 million. Those are those would be your your top your top uh, PPP uh, payroll protection program loans that were given out to different carriers. Uh, so we'll we'll see where that money goes. Um, you know, if if that's used to to help these companies survive this this craziness that's going on in our world, and um, if so, if they if they use their money wisely, then great. Um, so we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. And uh, also, if you if you break it down to different uh, different kinds of uh, 
categories of trucking companies, the general freight companies received uh, $7.4 billion. Um, that, that, like, among the companies that received $150,000 or more. So $7.4 billion went to general freight companies. Uh, local carriers received uh, around $4 billion. Uh, Long-haul truckload carriers received a, a, around uh, $3 billion. Um, that's billion with a B. Uh, local specialized carriers received up to 1.6 billion. Long haul specialized fleets received uh, around 870 million, and uh, LTL carriers received uh, up to 411 million. Now this doesn't include the the big bailout, obviously that the the big boy YRC got. Well, that's also a story for another way. That could be a podcast all all on its own. What I think about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot happening in our in our uh, in our industry. I mean, even from a supply chain perspective, like seeing companies that that uh, are trying to improve their performance in lean times, and um, you know, according to this one study, 76% of supply chains are readjusting their 2020 budgets to invest in operational and human resources, agility, and efficiency. Um, because, uh, you know, this, this whole 2020 thing has kind of changed uh, our, our industry. I'm like, I'm scared to see the season finale of 2020, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm scared this is going to be like one of those like, TV shows you watch and then the last episode is just like blows your mind and it's like the last episode for eternity and you're like oh my god what just happened like is this even possible you you end up uh, you know with your jaw open and, and holding your head and I hope that doesn't happen I mean I will be shitting my pants if, if that's what that's what happens um, we'll see how that works out so yeah there's a lot going on um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of news that we could discuss in in one episode, but I wanted to keep the first one kind of all over the place to talk about different things and and how I how I view it. Um, I've really this sounds crazy, but I've I've uh, what I have enjoyed about this pandemic is getting to know a lot of different shippers on a personal level, and um, now I don't mean that corporation you can't you can't really get to know the corporation on a personal level because a corporation is a corporation but you can get to know the individuals that are involved in the decision making and um, I've had the opportunity to talk some fascinating people and um, it's just it, it blows my mind that uh, we, we've uh, we haven't done this sooner like it took a pandemic for us to start doing zoom calls with people and start doing, uh, you know, deeper, deeper dives into conversations with, with people in our industry. And um, I'm, I'm hoping to change that. Um, I'm trying in, by all means possible. Again, I, I mentioned um, the blogs that I do, the consultings that I do, uh, Zoom calls that I do, um, different interviews with different newspapers that I do. Um, now all of course some of these things are, are uh, you know voluntary other things are uh, I almost feel mandatory like I, I think we need to step up this this game of educating people that want to get into this industry there's a lot of room for all of us to coexist so don't be greedy 
Um, you know, if if you're a, if you're a greedy person, this this uh, podcast probably won't even be for you. You 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 might have not even gotten to this thirty sixth minute of this podcast. So it's uh, it's definitely something that that I wanted to uh, bring up that. Uh, we got to work together and um, I think this pandemic has really helped us get to know each other better from all aspects and um, I hear a lot from shippers you know I've learned a lot that's that's what you get to hear you know I've learned a lot about what you do as a freight broker or I've learned a lot about your process or I've heard a lot about your process as a trucking company and vice versa you know carriers a lot of a lot of good carriers are educating themselves they're engaging in these conversations to understand the processes involved in getting out a rate or getting out a a quote or getting out um you know an rfi rfp rfq um so it's it's a it's a lot of different moving pieces so again hopefully you guys enjoyed this first episode it is going to be on the shorter side of things at 37 minutes um if you found this useful, I mean, just let me know. If if you found that this is just ridiculous to even talk about, I mean, I I value all feedback. Give me something constructive to work with. You know, I I had a gentleman approach me and tell me, you know, I'm crazy for offering consulting services that, um, that I'm bringing bad brokers into the business. You know, and and that's not the case at all. I'm that's not that's not what is happening the young men and women that or or men and women in general that are entering this business and that are talking to me are showing immense progress from day one or from the moment they reached out to me to where they are now in the sessions whether that's four sessions five sessions or 15 sessions down the road whatever the case may be they're ready to go and um, i've helped many people start their businesses open up uh, their authorities i've offered positions for people to do freight brokering i've 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 tried my best to help and we'll see where it all goes um with that being said have a great day everybody and um please uh give me some feedback on this first episode if this is something we should continue going down and uh we'll be in touch everybody so to my LinkedIn fans, I mean, excuse me, fans, fam, um, respect, much love. To my uh, 19 YouTube followers, <laughs> respect, uh, much love as well. Uh, to my blog post uh, followers, respect as well. And um, God bless and uh, stay safe and, um, you know, hug your kids, love your kids. If you don't have kids, get some kids. But don't get some, like, kids that like don't like kidnap kids that's not what i'm saying i'm saying like go make some kids or go adopt some kids kids are beautiful kids are great and they give me a big reason why i do what i do again thank you 39 minutes in respect and talk to you again bye-bye